Good evening, people. Welcome to another episode of Giants Rush, where we talk Giants football 52 weeks of the year. And don't mind the background. I am doing the hotel life uh, for this evening. I am on location in Virginia, and it's raining cats and dogs. It's like flooding outside. So what a better time to talk Giants football. Um, We've got Jordan Renan coming on from ESPN at 8 o'clock. I got the boys in the back. Um, season's over, gentlemen. Uh, Giants absolutely find their stride 18 weeks later and put a beat down on the Eagles 27 to 10. It was over at halftime, right? I mean, it was a completely different ball game. We'll talk to the guys about the offensive game plan, which was very different. Possibly Dave's stepping in. Um, Tyrod Taylor goes 23 for 32. With almost 300 yards, touchdown and an interception. Uh, Barkley with two TDs. Wandale with 85 yards and five catches. Uh, McFadden and O'Karake go for 17 tackles between them. So there were some, some definitely some, some stars in there uh, that had a great day. Great game plan against the Eagles. We haven't seen that in a while. Um, but season is wrapped up. Um, we're going to definitely get into Jones. For all, anyone who doesn't know, Jones is on the roster and Jones is coming back. We don't know if he'll be ready in week one or in preseason, but Jones is on this roster. So let's just throw that out there now that Jones will be here in 2024. But we'll, we'll, uh, but who won't be here in 2024 is half the defensive coaches and Wink Martindale. Let's bring in the guys and let's talk a little bit of player eval, what they saw against uh, the Cards um, to be the Eagles and uh, what the uh, the rest of the year is going to hold for this offseason, which, by the way, should be very interesting because if the Giants want to go for it, they have two second round picks. Not a bad place to be when you want to trade up for a QB. Spartan Mike, what's the word? Craig, what's going on? How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm living the hotel life right now, and there's nothing better than living in the Philadelphia market and beating the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, it's beautiful. And again, it's so rare over the last 15 years where it happens. Uh, so we cherish it every time it does, right? I mean, and and anyone who's like, oh, we want the better draft pick, you know, we got to lose. Get the hell out of here, man. And you, you, I mean, it is so refreshing beating the Eagles. I, I still find it more satisfying than beating the Cowboys, although we're getting kind of close now because we haven't beaten the Cowboys in a very long time. Yeah. Let's let's bring in Chris. He's hanging out in the back. Let's bring in Chris. Chris. Hey, Craig. Hey, Mike. Uh, couldn't agree with you guys more. I mean, a great Sunday. Great Sunday. Yeah. Felt so good. Like, I mean, it was like, like I was like, I was ready to paint the house. I was ready to build a deck. I was ready to <laughs> mow the grass. Whatever it was, I was just like ready to do stuff. Like, I was like, yeah. Like, 
I was sending out like meat, like giants, you know, the, 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 the ship sinking in the ocean that had the Eagles on it. I was, I was just, what a great mood to see Jalen hurts crying. And you know, these guys just holding their hamstrings on the ground. I mean, Hey, guys, real quick, because I know you like this, too. Even though it was a penalty, what about where Okereke just jumped over the line of scrimmage and just swan dove into uh, Hurts? He looked like a stunned dog, like a dog that just got disciplined after that. Like, they, every, everybody in the Eagles just kind of stood there and was like, what? Nice message. Looked, yeah. yeah. Like, they looked so defeated. I, that was totally worth it. Got to give Carl Banks the props here, because last month, Carl Banks, Lawrence Taylor, um, Pepper Johnson uh, recreated an old 1980s poster um, I think it was called Bad Fellas. I think it was where um, when they were in the 80s, they're in front of Giant Stadium with a limo behind them, you know, and they're all posing out. Well, they redid that re- uh, uh, poster um, to relaunch some of the starter brands that uh, that uh, Carl Banks is bringing to the table. And they asked McFadden and O'Karake to come do the photo shoot with them. So Very you, cool. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that Carl Banks probably said, look, those guys do the tush push or those guys line up, go right over to the top. Because we know Carl, that was one of Carl Banks's famous moves for diving, you know, over the top before the snap. So it was just kind of reminiscent of the eighties. And I'm sure Carl Banks was, you know, Kerry K's ear. And uh, it, w- it was cool to see Mike. Yeah. All right. Let's see who's in the room. Cause you guys are piling in. Um, I see Chronicles is here. I see oh, Michael Stewart. The truth is is here. Salute the king. Damn right. Oh no, that's Mike. That's Mark Stewart. That might be Mike's brother. Um, <laughs> salute the king. Thank you very much. Uh, I see Joe. I see just G Men. That's that's a that's a new one. G Men. Good to see you, G Men. Thanks for hanging in. Um, your colleague Paul Schwartz of the New York Post. In biz from Giants Insider reported that Wink uh, cursed out Dable over the firing of Wilkins Brothers. Can you confirm that? Yeah, we're going to talk about that as soon as Jordan jumps in the room. Um, but I have also heard that that is uh, an accurate statement. We're going to get to Wink in a minute. Um, but I want to say hello to you guys for getting, in, you know, jumping in the room here. Glad to see you guys are here. Here we go. Chris's microphone again. Uh oh, Chris. I, I don't know. I sound all right, don't I? Sitting, yeah, I thought you sounded fine. You know what? They're making fun of the wire, but I'm only using this for the audio. I have the microphone here for the, uh, you know, to speak. But maybe that's yeah, making fun of because of the wire. Maybe yeah, it's the wire. Craig's going to give me a raise. We're going to get rid of this thing. There you go. <laughs> Neil, Neil from LBI, what's going on? Hey, Neil. Yeah, what's up, Neil? All right, so guys, um, let's um, Thanks, Cole. look at that. Chris, yeah, Cole gave you a comment. Thanks, Cole. Here. All right, gentlemen, since we've got, we've got you know like twenty five minutes, talk a little bit ball before Jordan pops in here. Um, let's start off with I gave you guys a little bit of a homework assignment. Like, listen, there's nothing really to say that the Giants came to play. We can also, Chris, we just talked about it a second ago. Mm-hmm. Would you agree, Chris, that the game plan looked different on on Sunday? You know, if I didn't know any better and there was no leaks about Dable calling plays, it just did not feel like a Kafka game. It felt eerily similar to, like, what you saw with the Cardinals in the second half. I It was an offense, at least. I mean, defense played well, too, but it just it was so different. Spartan, I thought of you right away. As soon as I saw the jet sweep, you know, with, with Barkley rolling in the end zone untouched, I was like, did did it take Kafka 18 weeks to come up with that play? 
because like I'm was like Spartan Mike's probably freaking out right now because I know you and I are both on the same page that Kafka's not very innovative. What did you think when you saw this game plan? Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, look, it, it was satisfying because the Giants beat the Eagles, right? So I was very pleased to see that. But the problem that I had seeing the great, you know, game plan, uh, you know, with the shots downfield, the explosive plays. I mean, there were probably more yesterday than probably were in the entire first half of the season. Uh, and it, it just overall, finding the, the best ways to utilize the players, right? All the Giants' weapons, everybody seemed to have a niche out there, whether it was Wandale, we hadn't really seen much of, you know, or Saquon, everybody was used pretty damn well. And, and that's the frustrating point. Like, why did it take Kafka a full year to come up with these plays? Why are they just running them now? And that's part of my frustration with Kafka as a coach is, you know, they, they, they didn't come out, you know, the first week of the season like this. I and I actually do think that you know Jones could have made these plays for everybody saying it's just Taylor. I I I get what you're saying. Okay, we didn't really see much of this under Jones, but you know they had to tell him to take some shots, and they 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 never really did. We we saw throughout the whole season a pretty bland offense, you know, and and now like it all came together against a team that's still pretty good. I don't care what anybody says. Offensive lines blocked. And Mike, they they win. What do they win? Four out of the last six. Four out of the last seven. So like you know, this team didn't quit under under Dable. And they I, didn't I quit, right? No, they didn't quit. And I want to say this before we get into the player evals, guys. Is let's keep this in mind. I don't know how we got so soft, okay, in between Coughlin and and Dable. But like Dable on purpose does not give us as fans anything, right? He gives us a little bit and he keeps it close. But the players. Like Dable, the players play for Dable. Okay, like let's let the head coach is the head coach. That's the guy we get behind. Let's not forget, and we're gonna get into it. But Wink left Baltimore under the same exact scenario that he couldn't get along with with Harbaugh. Okay, like that tells you everything right there. That's two that that's two against him. Then you know that he's probably the problem. Yeah. So just because that, listen, and and I gotta give Art Stapleton the you know the the props on this. He's saying, look, these assistant coaches, you know, they come to the podium. They want you to like them. They give you they give you something to chew on. And you're like, I love this guy. I love this guy. And Dave's gives you nothing. He's the head coach. Coughlin gave us nothing. Coughlin, Coughlin used to get up there and look so annoyed that you even were asking a question. Like, Coughlin would be like, I mean, like, yeah. you know, so, so let's embrace the fact that we've got a ballsy head coach that the players want to play for, right? And and some of these players got better as the year went. I mean, they just got better as There's the year some went. So, improvement, yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right, I'm going to start off here. I want to talk just about a little bit of a, pl- a player evaluation. I ask you guys to be prepared. Um, so which one of you has Waller? I have Waller. All right. Give me the give me your scoop on Waller. How good did he? How was it worth bringing him here? Was he worth the money? What did, what was his totals? Give me give me my evaluation here on Waller. Like we're sitting yeah. in the room, Chris. Right. We're sitting in a room. We're evaluating players. It's the end of the year, and what am I? What am I telling Waller? Health is. A, I don't know if I'm telling Waller this, but health is. A, I'm telling the coaches if I'm if I'm part of the staff that you have to be concerned yeah. with the health because he hasn't been able to stay healthy the few years that he's you know last few years. You know the hamstring seems to be nagging coming back from the Raiders and even with the Giants, you know it was still an issue. Uh, and then he's gotten dinged up, missed a few games, so he missed five games. 
But you know, for the twelve games he played, the one touchdown is glaring. Now, mind you, they've gone through a, we've gone through a couple quarterbacks, right? We didn't we didn't have really stability at the quarterback position going through three quarterbacks. But you know, he had five hundred and fifty two yards, uh, fifty two receptions, targeted seventy four times, and that's with you know backup quarterbacks and just a just a sprinkle with Jones. So moving forward, I mean, I'm I, you'd like to see this guy get healthy. And, you know, I know Dable made a comment or Shane made a comment yesterday that they do the trade again. They, you know, they would take him 10 times over, which, you know, he had a couple drops here and there, which look pretty bad. He had a nice grab the other day. So, you know what? He's going to have his drops, but I think all in all, it comes down to his health. I think considering you have other spots to fill, I believe his cap hit is is seven million if they were or the dead cap if they were to cut him. So going into next season, there's a lot of holes. I don't want to get rid of Waller. I want to bring Waller back. I'm I'm, I'm praying that he's going to be healthy next year. And you know he missed five games. You know let's see if we can get 15 games out of him, right? You know he, he needs to get to that 15 to 17 mark. But I, I, a lot of changes coming next year, and I don't think you could just get rid of Waller, eat the dead cap, and then look for another tight end to pair up with Bellinger. So I'd like to see him back and and, and, and re reboot it for next year. All right. Um I'm not gonna I'm gonna not dive too much into that. I'll just say the fact that I'd like to see um more Daniel Bellinger because when 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 uh when um Waller is hurt, we just we don't do anything about it, right? We just stop throwing in the tight end. Well, if I could stop you right there, Craig, I think a problem is when Waller is her, remember, they're flexing him out, they're moving him in motion, and they're moving him all over. I think the problem is when Waller is out, Bellinger now becomes that blocker on that right side a lot of times. Because with Tyree Phillips, who actually played pretty well, but when you had Neal in there, and even when you had Pugh... um, He becomes a tackle. Yeah, these guys got to help out. And that's you want to see the stability at the right tackle position so you can be creative with a Bellinger. You can be creative with a Waller and, you know, have him uh, not have to chip. So I think the tight end position goes as well as that right tackle position goes. And that's what my my, uh, off-season evaluation or the offensive line coach they bring in. I'm curious to see what that evaluation is at right tackle to see how this tight end now can play. Yeah. No, I, I like it. Makes a lot of sense. You know, just you're right. Health is not an issue. Otherwise, uh, he's still great to have on the team. It is three years in a row where he hasn't been able to complete a season. But, um, you know, still good locker room guy still has he's not as he doesn't have that speed anymore. But again, a lot of value there. I hope he can stay healthy. Spartan, um, give me give me the big man. And I'm pretty sure you had Dexter Lawrence, right? Yeah, there's no, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can give you the grade right now. I mean, it's an A+. plus. He is a phenomenal player. PFF has him as the top defensive tackle from the past year. Uh, and you look at his body of work, and he goes out there for the Giants, and he's a force on the defense. Uh, and the one thing that's very impressive from my end, and I'm just very glad about because the Giants have made mistakes in the past with signings, re-signings. I don't get into that in a little bit with the next player I have to do. Uh, but Dexter Lawrence kept his level of play up. Even after signing the contract, there was no regression whatsoever. He still played at a very high level. It took him a couple of years to get to this point. You know, 2022, I mean, he really, really took off that year. Uh, and he's been playing at that level for two years straight now. So, look, at this point in time, I mean, he's a baller. Reminds me of anybody that would have played for the Giants defenses in the 80s or the 2000s. Uh, and I just hope that he uh, not, I mean, as well as being a good player on both, you know, pat, you know pass rush and stopping the run, you know, I want to see him uh, 
elevate the players around him and, and level set that expectation. I mean, we had uh, Leonard Marshall on the show, right? And he talked about that. I mean, having that culture there is critical. So I'm not saying he's not doing it right now, but, you know, the, the, the level play is there. I hope he demands that out of everybody. Yeah, uh, nothing. I mean, uh, he is he is probably like the best draft pick the Giants have had in in a decade. I mean, like, yeah, no, know, he's, he's the most just, successful one because let's face it. I mean, on draft night, you know, it wasn't an eye opening pick. Nobody was like that blown away by it. And then for the first couple of years, you know, so and so good player, not great. And then all of a sudden, wow, he's great. He is a great player. And he got snubbed at the Pro Bowl. Yeah, and I love his attitude. He has fun. He loves football. He is. When they mic him up, there is nothing better to listen to than that dude mic'd up. He puts a smile on my face every time. He puts a smile fan. on all Lyman's face, man. It's, it's hard not to laugh. Yeah, yeah, it is. He's 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 quality. Really excited that he got his contract yeah. long term. Um, and the Giants have a good deal here too. Like, there's no sense in the world that even if he played a little bit worse, that there was an overpay. His contract is perfect. I mean, you know, no one could complain about it. We're we're no. very very good for the Giants. No. Just just finally, and he's. And he and he's kind of in because you know Aaron Donald had a had a you know kind of an off year you know puts puts him right up in that number one slot. Um, all right, Chris, what was your second player? Yeah, it was uh, Saquon Barkley, and if we're giving grades, I'll give Waller a B minus, and I'm going to give Barkley a B. Okay. Yeah. So Saquon tell Barkley. Me tell me yeah. a little bit about Barkley because I'm going to play this for you right now, Chris. Um, I downloaded this because I wanted people to see this because it's it's eye opening. Uh, this was Barkley in the locker room uh, today, um, and of course, someone in the media just was just asking a lot of dumb questions today. We'll talk more about that, but this one here isn't the dumbest question that was asked today. <laughs> but but again, you wonder why players don't want to talk to media personalities. Here, watch this clip. Body feels well. Uh, came out healthy. Also had an injury early in the year with the ankle. Um, but that held up pretty well for me. Um, actually held up a lot better than past ankle injuries I've had throughout the year. Um, and, you know, nice restart. you got to go back to drawing boards, take a little rest, let your body recharge, and uh, get back to, you know, the work that you got put into to be able to have a, another successful season. Uh, I, I feel like there's just we've, we've talked about it before. Um, they know how to reach out to me. They know how to get in contact with me. They know my represent like they know all that. So if it's if it's the conversation needs to be had, it's not hard hard to do. Saquon, are your eyes a lot more wide open this time around than it was last year at this time? Uh, yeah, I think I, I want to say it's wide open. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm, if you can tell, I'm kind of numb to it now. Like I did it. Um, I did the whole process last year. Uh, I know the dates. I know I know all, I know everything. Um, but it's like you not know, gonna do about it. It's really like truly out of my control so it's up to them so there you go Saquon Barkley showing a little bit of frustration that he has to go through this again um Chris give me your your evaluate on Barkley because you know there has been a lot of people like willing to move on from Saquon so I'll, I'll give you my my take when I'm when you're done roll mm -hmm. roll with your eval on Barkley yeah, so uh, Barkley played 15 games, 962 yards, just felt sort of a 1,000 with uh, six touchdowns, receiving 41 receptions, I believe, for like 300 yards. So, you know, Barkley, he embodies what a giant is. He plays hard, plays hurt when he can, 
He doesn't cause any problems. I think the the, the I don't believe he's lost a step. There there was talk of that. I, I think when you look at the guard positions up up the middle, even Schmitz regressed a little bit. You saw so many times where he couldn't even get out of his own way. You know, being handed off the ball. You know, going uh, going straight ahead. So I think that's a big issue with the guard spots. Obviously, off tackle. Um, you saw with uh, you know Phillips on the other. Well, not Phillips so much, but with Neil on the other side. So I, I I think you know for what he had to work with, I thought he did a fine job. You saw some big drops that you know Barkley normally would catch, which was like a little a little bit of a head scratcher at times. Like how come Barkley you know dropped these balls? Which man, those are ones he should probably catch, and he's looking to run maybe before he secures the catch. But I think all in all, I give him a solid B. I would like to see him come back next year. And, um, you know, especially we're talking about the franchise tagger. That's what he's alluding to, probably what could happen. But um, I give him a solid B. And once again, we talk about the offensive line. I want to see him with an improved offensive line going into next year. Do you think they should, um, you know, wait to tag him all the way through the summer like they did last time? Could you feel like they should just do him the right if they're going to tag him just just let him know up front so he's got some clarity. yeah exactly so the new league league year starts in march so they can't do that yet but now that jones is out of the equation because remember jones was part of that equation last year and you got the feeling that they were both all right who's going to get the tag but i think if you tag barkley you're looking at that second year tag maybe 13 and a half million but once again just because you tag him doesn't mean you can't work out another one-year deal so that could happen as well you can tag him secure him and then work a one-year deal out with incentives that might keep them a little little more happier. But I think you're looking at $13.5 on that second-year tag, which I think, considering we need weapons, right? Offense, you know, it seems to be an issue. You'd hate to see him go because he really is. He's our biggest weapon or the Giants' biggest weapon yeah. until we get that big receiver. And what kills me about the, the Barkley thing is that people are going crazy that, you know, he's got 35 you know, yards per carry. Well, when you have the 32nd ranked offensive line, what do you expect? Yeah, and actually he was four. I think he's like 3-9. So he's right there at four, which isn't yeah, bad. Exactly. Yeah, the first report came out was 3-5. And then after the game this past weekend, it's 3-9. Like, like, I don't know what people expect when you are literally, when you literally have the worst offensive line in the game. It's you versus the linebackers and the defensive tackles. There's no blocking. There's no right. hole. But the eye test. The eye and, test is when yep. there's a hole, he's still through that hole. He's still making a move. And it's like, okay, yeah, he's not. And, I mean, just in general, of course he doesn't look like 2019. Of course he doesn't look like he's, like, you know, his first two years in the league. But it, yep. he's one, it's the intangibles, right? The intangible locker room guy, good, you know, good with the press, good with the team. Players, free agent, free agent players come here to play with Saquon Barkley. Okay, mm -hmm. he he has that kind of cachet. He's still the face of the team. I don't think we should be like, hey, let's create another hole. I do want him to come back. I like I'd like to see them him get a two year deal at thirteen and a half a year, right? You can give him the two year incentives. Yeah. You want to jump in here on Barkley at all? No, uh, not particularly. I, I I haven't quite decided as to you know where I stand with him because the problem is like you know look if he moves on from the Giants, so be it. But then the Giants have to figure out how to replace the talent they're gonna have to figure that out so yeah and they're still gonna need somebody to back them up too yeah yeah I, I can live either way it's just you know reasonable price or you know reasonable replacement and that's the ladder's gonna be harder so if i could throw one more thing in there you have guys like cam brown who's probably gonna be gone carter coughlin they never seen the field really at the linebacker position or at the outside linebacker edge position in coughlin give me a fullback 
that can play special teams and take that role like a Cam Brown or Carter Coughlin, and then you got your fullback as well. So it's not like, you know, we've been screaming about a fullback here. I would love to see Barkley with a fullback. I mean, we saw it with, you know, Jacobs and uh, and Bradshaw. We saw it with Tiki. You can go back to, you know, the, yeah. the greatest yeah. running backs all had fullbacks. Give me a fullback that can play special teams. Two, two playoff teams, Tampa Bay and the Packers, both using a fullback, right? Uh, right now, Spartan, give me your evaluation on your second player who was? Xavier McKinney. Give it to me. Bring it. There's a lot of chatter on the McKinney side. And for the record, Mike, mm-hmm. um, so one of our followers, you know, was keeping receipts on my tweets on McKinney. I have no problem, by the way, telling you what I think of Xavier McKinney. He had, um, you know, it was hurt his first year, had a great second year, hurt his hand the third year, right? He had that one really good year. Um, he started off extremely, extremely slow this year, whether that was the system in Wink or that was McKinney, right? He started off really slow. Around the Raiders game, after the Raiders game, he started to pick it up. He has balled the last five or six games. Yeah. I was also a proponent of trading him because – I, I didn't know how the Giants were going to get any value out of this roster. Like, they needed to make a move. And if they had to trade McKinney, not because I don't like McKinney, but he's the, he has value. And if we need to trade someone, you have to have value for value, Mike, right? So I got a lot of crap about my takes on McKinney. I don't like McKinney's game he, when he plays, when he wants to play. And by the way, play. you made those tweets back in what, early October or something like that. It was back when he was having Correct. the Before he actually. Look, this is this is one of my frustrating things. I mean, to everybody out there that's on Twitter, I mean, the, the whole receipt keeping and sharing old takes, guys. I, I mean, I'll be the first one to admit it. I, I have things that I tweeted out or takes that I had on certain players that have changed since I I made them. I I don't know what like why there's this whole idea that you can't have your mind changed, right? But you, we see this on Twitter all the time. Somebody posting a, a you know a take you had about one of the Giants players from 2022 and you know, it's like, oh, look at this clown. Well, yeah, well, things have changed. That player's not playing as good. But at the time being, he was. So, you know, or vice versa. So, I, like, that whole culture I, I, pisses me off on Twitter. I don't I don't think it's worthwhile. So, let me get into McKinney now because this is a very important topic. The Giants I, – I was complaining the other day. There's there's one thing about the Giants the last few years that I, I, I really don't like about the Giants. I think it's the most overrated thing to get hype about. And it's the fact that they're the youngest team. Uh, you know, one of the youngest teams in the NFL. I, I've never cared about that. I've, I I actually find that to be a fault. I'd rather have them ha- uh, have some experienced, mature players on the team and that older leadership versus, you know, the weight kind of shifted, uh, the bell curve closer to that 22 to 25 range. I'd rather have it somewhere in the, you know, mid-20s if we can because I want that older leadership. So let's talk about McKinney because there's an opportunity. The Giants have been put in this situation in the past with guys like Hernandez and whatnot. They decided not to to take the second contract of some of the players. And it's a very tough situation because, Craig, I said on Twitter earlier, it seems like there's no – the Giants are always left with two options. They either re-sign their own players and overpay, or, you know, they let them walk, and then we're forced to watch them ball out on another team. And we're getting frustrated either way. It seems like no matter what the Giants do, it's the wrong decision a lot of these times. So here's my thing with McKinney. I do want him back after this year. I think he played a, at a pretty good level. I wouldn't mind seeing him back. I don't feel complete confidence that he can consistently do this over the next few years just because the last several years has been inconsistent. 
But the way he played this year has been pretty good. He's a second half of the season. Second half of the season, yeah. You know, so listen, I, I'm all for him coming back because, again, I don't want to create a hole if we already have a guy that is playing at a pretty good level at that position at, 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 at a level I think when he's playing good, that that works with me. That That's good enough to play safety. Because if they get rid of him, it's going to create a hole. At the same time, you know, he shouldn't get overpaid. And that's the controversy. They're talking about tagging him at $17 million. I, I don't like that. I mean, if they could find a way to work a contract – so it's kind of like Jones in a way, too, where they can get rid of him if he's not performing well. That would be ideal. So, listen, as long as the contract makes sense, I'm cool with McKinney coming back. And um, what's ignored the fact that when Jones trade, uh, changed agents last year, McKinney changed his agent at the same time. It did tend to fly below the radar because Jones was the topic, right? But he right. uh, he's, he traded uh, changed his agent to a very heavy corner safety representation. Okay, and that tag a tag I think is somewhere between fifteen and eighteen. It's seventeen. Million. It's seventeen million for the for the safety. Okay. Yeah, really hard to pay pay a safety that kind of money. And that take, of course, that I you were referring to, right? That take of was McKinney playing those first four or five games of the season, which he was non-existent. Right. All right. right, man of the hours here. He's uh let's get him in here so you guys can you guys are killing me in this where where is he? He's here, he's here, everybody relax. Um let's give him a let's do this. Let's start with if I can get this to do it. All right, everybody, I'm gonna bring Jordan in a second and we'll just do one of these things to Yeah, I know. I did it for you. I know you like it. <laughs> There's the man, the myth, the legend. And by the way, what a busy couple of days for you. Yeah, I mean, it was expected. I don't think anything was overly shocking, uh, right? We knew Wink was had a good chance of leaving. He was very unhappy. Uh, that well, wait of- a second. Wait a second. It might have been expected for you. But most of the most of the people out here in Giants land were thinking, hey, maybe they've made up. Maybe things are going to be okay. So let's start with this, though. Let's start here. Wait, what, what indicated that they would have made up and been okay? <laughs> well, no, we didn't know how severe it was. We didn't know what was hearsay because we we I'm not gonna say who it was, but we had one of the, you know, we we asked somebody in the Giants, you know, what you know if there's legitimacy to it and. They could have lied, but you know, from what we heard, that it was, it, you know, they they weren't familiar with any situation. So yeah, we well, have no, then, then a they're either lying or you shouldn't talk to them again because come on. <laughs> uh, no, we have. I mean, I've talked to enough people. They we there was a huge rift between the two of them. Jake oh, Laser says it when Jake Laser <laughs> says it. By the way, you write it, you mark it down, and you seal it, and you know that it's a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, that okay. is true. All right, well, yeah. let's start. Let's start in the beginning. What kind of guy? So, so T Mac gets fired. Bobby Johnson gets fired. Right. Let's let's start off there. What Those was are the performance based, right? Those are the two that are performance based. Let's be fair. Uh, the special teams weren't very good. Reading was on the wall there. He was a holdover from the previous regime. We saw Dable stink eye him in the preseason. Remember, 
Like McGahee. <laughs> like that's when you knew like he was on thin ice. Like if you're going to stink out your own coach, and this is kind of, you know, it ties into the whole wink thing. Those are the kind of things that don't go over well with your coaching staff. When you embarrass your own coaching, when one of your own coaches like that in the preseason, you know, it just, guys don't appreciate that. These guys all have big egos. Like, uh, you know, it, it, mm-hmm. you, you gotta, you gotta handle them carefully, just like you do players. And if you're on okay. TV and you get caught stink eyeing your own coach or undressing your own assistant, it doesn't always go over well. And then yeah. when that keeps, and when that keeps happening, I think that ties into the wink of like why wink wasn't a fan of Dayball and they're just differing personalities and how it kind of spread from there and reached the point. So, that which is, well, uh, let's back up one step chaos. though, Jordan. Let's back up one second. This same exact scenario happened in Baltimore. Is Wink a tough guy to, to, to get along with? Like, this seems that now this has happened to him twice. Uh, it happened twice. He's had like a 30, 40 year career. Yeah, no doubt. I just meant like Baltimore, there was he, a problem with Harbaugh. He definitely, you know, is like, you know, he's, he has an ego like all these other guys. You know, he thinks very highly of himself as well. So I do think, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm sure. I'm not, they're, they're both to blame, right? Of, of letting it get to this point. I actually would say John Mara is probably to blame too. Here's something amazing. I find amazing. And I, you know, you heard about the relationship being sour. The way they go about business is they're just going to ignore it. They're not going to sit down and address the issue. That never happened. They're like, so they just all walking around the last six, seven, eight weeks as if everything is hunky dory. John Mara doesn't step in and make them, you know, sit down with them and sit them down. Like, it's just crazy to me that that's how people interact. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, I feel like if it was me, I would go in and I want to sit down and I want to talk it out. Either we could talk it out and work together or we just can't work together. Yeah. I just put my head down, pretend like it doesn't exist. It's just, to me, that's a bizarre and, way to handle it. Felt like ego had to do with it, just just with the with the staff in general. Is that more so what it had to do with? For everybody, I mean, but it's most guys in this industry. I mean, I've seen this with multiple regimes. That's just how these football guys, for the most part, deal with these things. It's wild. So yeah, yeah it's a lot of ego driven stuff. Uh, you know, he said he said he said she said pointing fingers. Obviously, Wink wanted out. They knew it. They fired his two guys, and they knew what the reaction would be. Mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. did it to to basically push push him out the door. They know he's not staying once they fire. First of all, he didn't want to stay in the first place, and then they fire his two guys. Of course, what do you, what do we think is going to happen? So it didn't end well. Yeah. You know, there was a confrontation between the two, and then Wing kind of just went off and went back home to Sarasota. He's not at the airport today. That was hilarious. And by the way, I have a question because everybody wanted to know this tonight when I told them we're interviewing you. Tell me about that uh, 24 sign uh, from Sunday. 24 hour, that uh, that uh, on the opposite side of the playbook. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's a Jack Bauer thing, right? And it was sort of like uh, emptying the clip message is what I was told mm-hmm. by some mm-hmm. players. Uh, you know, Wink was going to empty the clip, everything he had left, throw it at the Eagles. And so Jack Bauer, you know, I think you guys know about Jack so, Bauer. What he, what yep. he sort of represents, that was yeah. sort of – Wink in that final game there, knowing that was probably going to be his final game. Creative. I like so it. the other side of the coin, Jordan, is that the other half says, 
that he wanted, he was, he put that on there because he knew in 24 hours that he was out of there. I don't think, I mean, I certainly thought it as well. It definitely crossed my mind beforehand. Uh, maybe, I mean, I'm sure maybe it had something to do it, but I don't, I don't know that for sure. I think there, there potentially was a way for this to get solved, but you know, once they fired his two guys, it's over at that point. Like it would have taken John Mara to step in and really probably address his contract or something, you know, really mediate something special there. And I don't know. It was it was a long shot. So maybe it had a something to do with it. But let me ask one more question then on the on John Mara. I mean, do you feel like he should have stepped in? Because obviously there's people that complain that he steps in too often. You know, now now a lot of people on Twitter are saying that he doesn't step in enough. He should have stepped in with this. I mean, what do you think he should have done? That's a tough question. I, that's a, that's because like you're right. You damned if you do, you damned if you don't, kind of thing. Mm. I mean, if I were the owner in that situation, and I this report came out, and obviously he knew about it, and Dave's goes yeah. up there at the podium and he, he make, makes a joke out of it. Hey, the only thing we ever fought over was donuts. Yeah, you you guys think that's true? Of course not. You know. Yeah. Why? So it was disingenuous at the time, and. Wink didn't really deny it when he talked, but then later on he kind of was like, yeah, repeated his, this is not a stepping stone. It's a destination. So that's, you know, it was like them taking little jabs at each other the last couple of weeks. If you look, if you go back and look at Dable's transcript, like there were times where he mentioned like seven coaches and Wink's name didn't, you know, he praised like seven coaches and Wink's name didn't show up there. And then like Wink, obviously uh, the whole Xavier McKinney thing, you know, that's something that obviously Dable didn't want him to do when he kind of undressed him publicly. So it was a lot of little back and forth catty sure. stuff going yeah. on. And that's why I said it's, it was, shouldn't have been a surprise. If you're watching, How did we, we, and we try, you try and hint it, we try and say, hey, you know, I mean, when the second that they said the expectation is that Wink and Kafka were back, that like raised my antennas. And if you notice right away, I was like, did you speak to them today? You know, yeah. and he's like, no, I haven't talked to them yet. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So how do you know they want to return? Your expectation was they wanted to return. How, we, how do we know they wanted to return? Because Wink, we kind of know, didn't really want to return. And then Kafka, I mean, there's been a lot of rumblings about how Kafka doesn't want to return either. Mm-hmm. Right. He's He was kind of minimized at, at times this year by Dable, you know, stepping in on the offense. He came to like run an offense. That's why he came, right? Heck, if it, if that was the case, if he was like a secondary guy, he would have stayed in Kansas City working with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. He came to run his own offense and do his offense and call plays. Now, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying so now yeah. there's questions about whether he really wants to stay. I think okay. right now he's sort of a victim of the situation and the Giants, they kind of say, well, we kind of have to, we want to have to keep Kafka. Kafka would look really bad if we got rid of all three coordinators. Wait, let's back up one second. How did how did Wink get here? Because we know that like Dable has a fascination with Leslie Frazier, right? So who who got who recommended Wink for this job? How did Wink get here in the first place? Well, he obviously interviewed for the last two openings for the Giants. So the Giants organization thought highly of him. But actually, it was something you heard very early in the process. Like you knew like him and Dable were kind of gonna link up if possible like that was that was the thing like that that like even before Dable was hired I think I had heard it that you know there was a okay. good chance and I was surprised actually when you heard that I think 
then I don't know who if he got talked into it or that was his preference. Pro- probably his pre- maybe his preference because he obviously has a pre-existing relationship with uh, Patrick Graham. Dable, remember he yep. was going to be the defensive yeah. coordinator, and all of a sudden, and that kind of didn't happen. That that kind of didn't work out for him. Here's the thing: it's very weird. So Dable, a lot of people praised him for it. Hey, I'm going to have an open process where I'm not just going to hire people I've worked with and I know. And this is kind of could be the result of, hey, you're going and you hire people who you didn't work with before. They don't know what you're really like until they're with you every day. And then they, when they, once they're with you, you're like, you know, it's like it's like you, the girl that looks great from a distance. Then when you're sleeping with her and you're in bed with her and you have to spend every day with her, you're like, this doesn't look so good anymore. You know, of course, when you're, when you're there every single day. And so it's like think, three out of five marriages across the country. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But that that's why most guys, when they hire a staff, hire people they know because they know what these guys are all about. And yeah, sure. They, and Wink was sort of like an outsider. A lot of these Giants coaches were actually like outsiders for Dable. Now, some work and some don't. But I think that's sort of comes with the inherent risk of hiring guys with that approach. Jordan, two-parter. Did this start becoming contentious between Dable and Wink last year, or did this really start training camp this year? And and the reason I'm asking is, you heard a report that Leslie Frazier, and maybe you could uh, confirm this, visited training camp this summer. Could that have played a little bit of a role with being contentious? That hey, you know, it's almost like you're saying your 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 ex girlfriend showing up at your house to say hello. You know, could that have been a factor with the way Wink was feeling about Dable when if that was yeah, true with Frazier showing up? That in particular was among the things that upset that that really sent the relationship sour. Like that Leslie Frazier was visiting camps. That's kind of standard for coaches when you're out for the year, and that was Leslie Frazier's plan is to stay out this year, is go visit a bunch of camps. And he's close with Dayball and and Shane from their time in Buffalo. So that was kind of standard. I don't think that specifically. You can go back to even at times last year, I think in training camp from the very beginning, there were times when they had the Giants like kind of let up on the blitzing in training camp. If you go back and look at it and look at some of the stories, yeah. like eventually, I know originally they, they wanted to like give Daniel Jones stuff that he didn't see. But then eventually they made Wink like pull it back. I don't think that sat well. So I think that like even going back to then, it was like Dable wants his offense to look good. He didn't want his offense to look bad every day. And then and that was sort of the thing. That was sort of the angle that I think that carried on over the last few years. Dable's always worried about the offense. At least that's what the defensive guys thought. Yeah, I, he better the worry about the offense. There isn't much <laughs> offense to talk about. That was yeah. Second. And so so then it, last year everything's fine. I mean maybe the the crumbs. The foundation has been laid where they don't love you know love each other. He, you can see some cracks, but it's fine because you're winning and everything's fun when you're winning. Then when things start going poorly, everything sort of builds and builds and builds. And I think that's how we got to where we're at. And uh, I mean, you broke the story. I've, I've been pumping you all day about how you broke the story. I, I mean, I don't know if you even are allowed to talk about this stuff, but how – when does this roll out? Six o'clock in the morning? Does it come out the night before? Like, when do you get that official no- notice? You mean on the wing stuff? Yeah, like, you know, I'm not asking for a source. I'm just wondering, well, like, Thomas McGahee, Thomas McGahee, I broke. And I, that's because when I showed up to the facility, I literally saw him driving out of the facility. Okay. Okay. And I'm like, they're going in for a team meeting, but Thomas McGahee's like hugging some people that work there and then driving out. 
He actually drove out and <laughs> drove back in and then drove out again. He <laughs> came back in to, to say goodbye to someone. And at that point, I'm like, okay, obviously he was just fired. And yeah, so he's I, going the wrong direction. Yeah. So I confirmed that. <laughs> and then later in the day, somebody reported the Wilkins brothers being fired. You're talking about yesterday, correct? Today is Tuesday. Yeah, I'm trying to think in my head what day today is. Yeah. yeah. So when once the Wilkins brothers were fired, I know immediately, first of all, I knew already that I've, I've talked to enough people in the organization over the last, you know, six weeks to know that Wink didn't really want to come back. Like it would have taken a lot of convincing to make him come back. And I, maybe even nothing could have made him want to come back. And then when you hear that his two main guys, like, I don't think you understand. No matter what, those guys are going to, the Wilkins, Kevin and, and the Drew Wilkins, those are Wink's guys. Like, if Wink left, they were going with him. 100%. Got it. Okay. So, <laughs> were they any good? I mean, you know, and McFadden balled out. I mean, they must have earned their stripes somewhere. Yeah, which, which goes to show you, I mean, Kevin Wilkins was the assistant inside linebacker coach. He obviously wasn't fired because he did a terrible job. Like, that was the one position yeah. this year you could be like, they were great, but he just happened. The, the Wilkins brothers are just shrapnel on all this. Like, let's, let's, be, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. I never yeah, heard right. anything about sense. Drew Wilkins. He's literally one of the nicest guys I've ever met to, like, yeah. in this business. So, like, dealing with him, he was he's just a super nice guy. Uh, and you heard good things about him as coach, like, over the past couple of years. I had never heard a, a ser- serious complaint about him. I know the edge rushers didn't have great years, but also the flip side is – you know, Kayvon had a pretty solid rookie year pass rush win rate, like year one, and it kind of went down this year, even though the sacks went up. And Kayvon, I mean, uh, Aziz actually, his pass rush win rate last year was super high. And this year, yeah. it, it it dipped and went nowhere. So uh, I don't know. I just, to me, it doesn't, Thanks. there's nothing to me that says it was likely performance. It was more like, you know, we're, we need, we're, we're, make, we're going to make Wink, you know, squirm and uncomfortable and show his cards yeah. and make a move and basically strike before he strikes us. And, and Jordan, let me ask something then about the players. I mean, what was the, like, were the players clearly in the know about this during the season that there was problems or, you know, and then how are they reacting now? Like, how do you think this is going to affect the players? I mean, yeah, it's a great, great question. Thanks, Craig. Uh, so the players, they did a really good job of hiding it from the players. When the whole Jay Glazer thing came out, they were all like, really? Like, I swear. And I talked to guys off the record. I've talked to them off the record like a hundred times since. Like, they really did a good job of keeping it separate from the players. Yeah. Um, well, Jordan, that's well, that explains saying. why we got the answer we did, damn it, Craig. I mean, we, uh, you know. Oh, oh you're saying it came from a player. came from a player, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's different. That's different. I, I thought it came from someone you're saying in the front no, office. No, no, no. We, we'll, we'll interview a player one. Like once a month, we'll interview a player. Most of the time, it's a current player. Sometimes it's a former player. This was a current player, and this is a starter. And he literally looked us right in the face and went like this. Craig, I, I haven't heard a thing. He's like, I'm, I was sh- just as shocked as you. Yeah. I mean, Dory Jackson literally was like, nah, it's not true. I was like, dude, I'll bet you anything that you have. <laughs> like anything you want. I guarantee you it's true. We never actually, you know, placed the bet on it. But I, you know, I actually DM'd him recently and I was like, I told you. I, like, I, I DM'd yeah. him yesterday, last night. And I was like, you owe me. <laughs> Whatever. It was no real terms. But, you know, like I told him, I insisted 
you know, I, and I had these conversations with a couple guys. Eventually, I spoke to some guys that were aware of it and had spoken to Wink about it, but he really downplayed it. But then okay. when I spoke to people about it, like, it was clear there was a, a serious problem between the two. Mostly, I think, from the Wink side. And then Dable hated the way that it was all playing out, is the way I, that I perceived it. So if Wink was cool and was like, yeah, I'm coming back, they would have just went right back like nothing happened? Like if they didn't fire the two the two linebacker coaches, and 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 Wink was like, you know what? Hey, I'm sorry. Like, was there any way? Like you're saying, like Dable was kind of cool with it. He didn't like the way it played. No, out. I don't think Dable was kind of cool with it. They went and fired his two guys. Image yeah, two. yeah, yeah. I got you. They took a gamble. I just yeah. I don't yeah, think they took a gamble. Way. They wanted to. They wanted to end the relationship. They thought it was best that for was everybody. Average. Yeah. That and this was, was the best way to do it because then you would force him to resign. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah, he took a gamble that he would resign. Yeah. But, well, okay. Now we're, we're still not at the resignation point. Uh, that's, that's what I was going to say. They uh, still own like, Wink right obviously doesn't want to be here. That's a fact. He really would never come back here. Uh, after all that's going down. Oh, he would He would sit out a year? Uh, no, he would just show up if, if like, he had to, right? What yeah, like, rules that's his card. Yeah, what, the, the yeah how does it work? Yeah, well, he could be like, he, if, they don't fi- if they don't fire him, he could just be like, all right, I'll be at work on Monday. Mm-hmm. Just show up. And obviously, they wouldn't want him there. I mean, it would be terrible for everybody. Right. <laughs> so, so that's that's the balance. They're going to have to find a solution. And at some point, I, I think that I think they will. I mean, there's a solution for both of us, both, both sides. I think from the Giants' side, it's like, well, we don't want him going to Washington or the Eagles and being yeah. in our division. And, like, right. we can't just let him go for free and nothing – and just go to our division rival. So the power play here, I got it. Yeah, it's all a power play. That's what this whole thing was. You know, all this stuff coming out. I mean, they, there's a story that just came out that just buried Wink. You'll, you, I don't know if you saw it yet. No, talk to us. <laughs> uh, is it, was it was it the rampage that uh, Bobby Skinner went on earlier? Is it that? No, or- no. There's a New York Post story that you know. Schwartz, man. go ahead. Lays, we're listening. That lays out. I mean, I don't. I don't have it in front of me. I don't know the exact details, but it, it basically lays out all the dirt on Wink. Gotcha. Dang. Gotcha. All right. Well, whatever it is you folks that are, I mean, I got all these crazy questions in here. Like you guys are all asking the same questions a thousand times. If you just listen, he answers them all. <laughs> I'm like, they're like asking me the same question, like 45 what is, times. What is it like? Uh, hang on. I just got to scroll back up to it though. Cause it's like, why did they uh, hate each other? I, kind of yeah. Ask Jordan here. I'll put it on the screen. Ask Jordan if he has a chance to speak to any defensive players about Wink's departure. I did. Yeah, Adoree Jackson. Well, let me. <laughs> no, Jordan. that you know what we actually. I, I didn't actually uh, speak to him about the departure. We, I just joked to him about the. Uh, I told you so. Hey. So we, we didn't. I didn't even ask him about like you know what does he think about him leaving. Sure. Uh, let's see. Hold on. This one guy was kind of lukewarm about it. This other one was like, wow, that's a big loss for us. Uh, yeah, the, you know what surprised a lot of the guys was the whole Drew and Kevin Wilkins thing. They didn't see that. Oh, why they thought that they would stay? Just because they didn't expect those guys to get fired because that, you know, if we, well, all we did was hear about Wink and Dable. So the players didn't put, 
two and two, two, and two together, together and expect them to those two guys to like geez yeah you know like and man and i've heard i know there's there was at least one thing out there slamming drew wilkins for having an ego like i five people reached out to me and were like wow i can't believe that like he's one of like the nicest guys i know like i i just thought that's not the drew that i know that's not the drew that i know like yeah <laughs> literally five different people and like an agent called me. He's like, dude, my guy loved Drew. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for the record, <laughs> so, we, did the re- and we did the research, um, uh, Chris, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the last time, the last time the Giants had two linebackers over 100 tackles, 20 years ago. Right, Chris? Yeah, I think it was Michael Barrow and uh, Carl, uh, Michael Barrow and. Um, Holy? Uh the uh, the other linebacker, Dehani Jones. That was the last time. Oh, Michael wow. Barron, Dehani Jones. Two two thousand three. Two thousand three. Two thousand three. I mean, it's literally yeah. twenty years ago. So whatever the brothers were doing, it was working because you know McFadden and Okereke balled out, and Okereke. Well, the one brother was the outside linebacker, so yeah, I I, I will. Well, yeah, it's that. not two insides, but the last time they had two linebackers, whether they were inside or outside, that had a right. hundred plus tackles, was twenty years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that was definitely their problem. Was not their linebacker play. I mean, right? They got about as much as you can get out of Jihad Ward. I know he was last in pass rush win rate, but we know he's not a pass rusher. He's not going to win yeah. pass rush win rate. He's more like a you know uh, set the set edge, the edge. Yeah. set the edge kind yeah. of guy. Like if you expected him to be a pass rusher, your expectations are off. Aziz Ojolari definitely had a disappointing season. And you can complain about Kayvon Thibodeau, and I don't – you know, there's definitely up positives and negatives to this season. He wasn't dominant. He wasn't consistent. But, I mean, when a guy has 11 and a half sacks, I'm, I, and I'm, not, I'm not his biggest fan. Like, I think he's a good player, not a great player. And I agree. I, I don't see great player because I just don't look on the field and see him dominate every play. Like, when you watch Michael Parsons, he's literally in the backfield every single play. Right. Yep. He's so, here's I, a – I think the numbers were Michael Parson had over 100 pressures and Kayvon had like 40. All right. So here, funny you say that. So check this out. I was I was really hot on uh, Aiden Hutchinson, you know, who went in the same draft class. And believe oh, it or his not. His pressures are high too. Yeah. Well, I so I wrote him down because I am exactly in your camp. Like, I don't feel he disrupts the game enough. Now, again, uh, Chris, Spartan, mm-hmm. we both talked about that. Wink has him in pass coverage and stuff like that. But here, check this out. How much does he really have him in pass? He has a lot of pass rushes. It's not like he hasn't had a lot of pass rushes, does he? No, no, he has. But the the numbers are almost identical to Hutchinson, and Hutchinson had another great year. Tackles for Hutchinson, 51. Tibbs, 50. Tackles for a loss. uh, Hutchinson, 16. 12 for Kayvon. This is the only major difference. QB hits for Hutchinson, 33. QB hits for Tibbs, 16. That's the difference is Hutchinson is just – How many pass rush snaps do they each have? Do they have around a comparable number? It wasn't in that – I can look it up. It wasn't in that stat. I'm looking it up Sacks as we are, speak. I'm looking it up as we yeah. speak. When, my, when it loads, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you. The, the sacks are both 11 and a half. Uh, two, for, uh, two forced fumbles versus one. Two but here's my thing. One. Yeah. I agree with you, but here's my thing. I don't care what you do. When you have an 11 and a half sacks, that's a valuable thing. You're a quality player. Yes. I want a player yes. who could get 11 and a half sacks on my team. That's 11 and a half times you are not only uh, getting 
it's not a QB hit. That's 11 and a half times you are stopping the play behind yep. the line of scrimmage, taking yep, the guy you're down. Finishing. So it's not just it's not just a disruption. Then you're talking about a loss of yardage on top of it. Those are very valuable plays. I will take anyone on my team who has 11 and a half sacks. If you told me in the early yep. beginning of the year that this is going to have 10 plus sacks, I'd say it's success then. He's out of bus territory. He's having a good year. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. Just but Agreed. to his point, like, you know, he's not Michael Parsons. He's a good player, but he's not Michael Parsons. He's not, you know, he doesn't have that. He doesn't wreck games. I but, that's I agree with you and I, on that. But he's the last guy I'm going to sit here and complain about after yeah. that season that they just yeah. had. Yeah, we've we've come <laughs> full circle. We've come full circle. Like, you know, we got a lot of things to complain about. That's really not one of them. Now, mm -hmm. Jordan, I do have a question. How would yeah, you there's plenty to complain about? There's been a lot of discussion back and forth today. A lot of people are disappointed that Wink won't be here because you know they they felt that the Giants defense was the one carrying them in wins throughout the year. Then there were some fans that were saying, you know, what difference does it make? We were ranked 27th, you know, so and so in these categories. How do you rate, you know, Wink, and how hard is it to, uh, for the Giants to find a defensive coordinator that's going to be a lot better than him? First of all, I mean, let's just go with our eyes. The defense was was really good at times this year. Right. I don't like I get it. When they were bad, they were bad, but they were still pretty good. They were easily the team's best unit. If you watch the team, I don't care what their rankings are. They were the team's best unit. Right. I mean, does any, yep. will anyone here object to that? No, no. Nope. I, don't, I don't even think it was close. So and if you go look at it, they had six games where they allowed less than 20 points. The Cleveland Browns, who I believe had the number one defense in the league, had six games of allowing less than 20 points. It's just when they were bad, it got bad. Yeah, right? Saints game. We, we yeah, came well, on here after the Saints game. That was, they we just, like, they the just got they just got rolled in those games. So and right out of the gate, just looked terrible. Yeah. So, but I, they're better. They're a little. They were definitely look. They're not a great unit, but they were better than the stats. Aside from that, right. here's my biggest concern if I'm the Giants, that I'm now in year three of the Dayball Shane regime. And it's a big year for them. You need to see them make, you know, gains. And that's the side of the ball where they were, you could say, you could really look at it and say, they're close to making big gains there. And now they have to kind of start over. Even if they keep Jerome Henderson or Andre Patterson as a coordinator, who's to say those guys are going to run the same defense? Mm -hmm. Like, Wink's scheme was based around him and really Drew Wilkins, like, designing, like, the game plan off – other, you know, other teams' uh, blocking schemes. Like, that's how they worked. Like, I don't think you're going to get the same approach and the same, you know, scheme, really, even if Andre Patterson or uh, Jerome Henderson are the ones that take over the defense. So, to me, that's the biggest thing about this, that it hurts the team and the program moving forward because the personnel is set up for this defense. They seem to be making gains. I know the numbers weren't great, but my eyes said they were getting close to being a pretty good unit. And now we're kind of, okay, you know, we're sort of, for lack of better terms, back to square one because we don't really know where they're going to be, right? We don't know who's going to be in charge. I mean, Leslie Frazier, who's closer to this regime, runs a totally different scheme. Uh, so then let's get into it. Who's, who's the likely candidate? What are you hearing? Who do you like? I'm sure there's a lot of buzz out there that Antonio Pierce is in the is in play. Uh honestly, I don't first of all, Antonio Pierce, has he ever run a defense? 
He is not. No. Not in the pros. I mean, he had. I find uh, it hard to be. No, no. He ran. He was a defensive coordinator in college. I don't think he was even the coordinator there, though. He wasn't at Arizona State. State. Yeah, I don't know. He was more the recruiting director, I think. Hang on, I'm looking it up. But give me more. Give me more on 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 candidates. So anyway, anyway, first of all, it sounds like he's gonna he's a favorite to get that job. So I don't know if he's even available. And I honestly, I like him as a head coach. Yes, that's a different story. I, here's the thing, and I, look, in a different situation, I would say I'd love Antonio Pierce. I just think if you're the Giants and you're in this situation, Dable's an offensive head coach. He's got to worry about that offense. That offense was a disaster. You kind of need somebody with experience here, in my opinion, to run the defense. Somebody you could just leave it to and say, hey, go do your thing. So um, it does say yeah. here, George. I mean, Leslie, George Leslie George. Frazier, as we mentioned before, makes a lot of sense just knowing the connection that they have. Patrick Graham, I know there might be some things to iron out there after he was supposed to stay and didn't stay. Uh, but uh, Graham would come, he would come back. I doubt it. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say that. But if you're the giants, if you're the giants and he doesn't, you know, Pierce doesn't get retained in Vegas and he doesn't get the chargers job. Like it might be worth making a run at him. Brian Dable does have a pre-existing relationship with him. You can just say, go run the defense and trust him. Like he was a pretty, he's been a pretty good defensive coordinator throughout his career. He really has. I mean, there's some guys that don't love him either, personality-wise. Trust me, he butted heads with some people in the organization here. Uh, wait, who, wait others, who did? Other assistant coaches, Pat, Patrick Graham. Patrick Graham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. But I mean, like, so like I said, it's, these guys—they're all egos, and they're all tough, and that's just sort of how it works sometimes. Uh, but he—he's uh, done—he done a re- he did a really good job in in Vegas too. So. Uh, by, the way, he's the, uh, by the way, are you ready? You ready for the snaps? Yeah. Co- by the way, it was co-defensive coordinator 2019 through 2021. Oh, okay. My bad. All right. So it makes me a little more confident that he to have him run a defense. It's not the first I mean, time. He, the funny thing is he's got like he's got like six titles. Assist. It says associate head coach, co-defensive coordinator, linebackers coach, and recruiting coordinator. That's a lot of jobs. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Yeah, he got in trouble. I believe it was the recruiting coordinator. Him and Herm Andrews was the coach. It's kind of why they were out. Anyway, Aiden Hutchinson had 575 pass rush snaps, which is some of the top, one of the top in the league. Kayvon Thibodeau had 500, which is pretty much the same as T.J. Watt and Khalil Mack and guys like that. Okay. And their numbers, those guys dwarf what Kayvon's were. Uh- Khalil Mack had I, I would 80, hope that 80 pressures to Thibodeau's 46. TJ Watt had 70 to Thibodeau's 46. And I would just Montez hope maybe Sweat he's not going to drop his coverage. And Montez Sweat had 72 to his 46. Forget how many snaps he did in pass coverage. It's just the number of pass rush snaps he got. So it doesn't really matter how often you put him in pass in coverage. If you're comparing to guys with the same number of pass rush snaps, forget the coverage for a second. See who was more productive yep. in the same number of pass rush snaps. Yeah. Now sometimes you are. They do ask him to do different things, and his job is to sort of take out guys in order to you know create room for the blitzers. So I do think you get that a little bit more. But the point the point was taken there. Sorry to just uh, throw this yeah. all over the place. 
No, it's all good, man. No, it's, it's all it's all good. Go ahead, Chris. I know you had a question. Yeah, not not to switch gears. Well, actually, switching gears, Jordan. You know, the the Giants didn't waste any time with getting permission to speak with Carmen Bacello, the uh, offensive line coach with the Raiders. How serious is that? I, I know that he comes from uh, the Skarnecki, uh, you know, assistant with New England. Uh, they jumped right on it. Is this something we should look seriously, or really just because he was available because of the firing over, uh, or you know, uh, Antonio Pierce is still in limbo, and they gave him permission? How serious is this? Uh, is this uh, interview with uh, Pacillo? Look, they're going to interview multiple people, so I wouldn't go nuts. He just happens to be the first one and the first known one because I guess the situation permits, right? Vegas is up in the air. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. His, his contract might be up anyway. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, I think there'll be more. I'm not going to make too much about it, but he does have that connection to Brian Devil. I think that does help. Obviously, he knows what kind of coach he's getting there. Uh, that could be more important now. And he's yeah <laughs> rebuilding the staff here after he saw what happened. Uh, so, yeah, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, I heard mixed reviews about him in uh, in Vegas. So, for whatever that's worth. And Jordan, one of the names I kind of keep an eye on is with uh, Stoutland's assistant, Roy Istavan, over in in Philly. Anything you can um, mention about him? Or is he is he primed, ready to go to actually lead a unit at this at this point? I really don't know that much about yeah. him. I really didn't ask around about him. Uh, I mean, I do have friends in Philadelphia. If the time comes, I'll ask about him. But working under Jeff Stoutland, I will say this is definitely a good thing. Yeah, I was actually there when in Philadelphia working, I guess, when he came. He, maybe he was there the second year he came. He definitely was there when Chip Kelly was there in 2013, my last year when I was in Philadelphia working. Uh, and he is really, really, really well-respected. And has done an amazing job there. The job that he did with uh, Jordan Mailetta. When you talk to people around the league, you're just like a freaking rugby. They're player. just like he—he he literally didn't know how to play the position. He's also just a freak athlete. They said, like, how about the job he did with Tyree Phillips for a month? Came back and he looked better than he did when he left. <laughs> he did. He did. He did. I mean, Tyree Phillips, bad break for him. So. Uh-huh. You know, it's like a good depth piece or even solid. Yeah, now it's hard to sort of, uh, you know, bank on him moving forward next Mm -hmm. year because, especially just the situation that the Giants are in at right tackle, it will be hard to go in Mm -hmm. with Tyree Phillips off injury and then Evan Neal. You can't speaking of, yeah, yeah, speaking of offensive line that can't block, um. What's your uh, what's your sense? What are you hearing? I know, like again, everybody the, the way the chat started off, they were all on the offensive side of the ball. What's your uh, what's your? I mean, what are you hearing on the draft? What are you hearing about their buzz? You hearing anything? I know it's early. It's one day after the season, but you know everybody wants to know. So I gotta ask, like, yeah. what are you hearing? What are you thinking? What's what's the temperature? It is early. I will say this: when Joe Shane talked in the middle of the season, he mentioned going back and studying like the success of the 2016, sorry, 2018 quarterback class. And the fact that he was going back and doing all this research on it makes you think, all right, obviously he's, a con- he's at least contemplating. All right, should I take a quarterback, right? Otherwise, what do you, you know, why are you going and doing all that research on all these co- first-round quarterbacks that year? Remember, he was in Buffalo when they took Josh Allen that year too with the seventh pick, mm-hmm. as it turned yeah. out. So the Giants pick six. I think quarterback is definitely in the realm of consideration. Uh, when you talk about this organization, you can say whatever you want. Some of the moves haven't worked. Some have. Here, when I when the moves that Joe Shane has made, generally I'm like, 
I get it. They make sense, right? Even the, the trade for Isaiah Simmons and Boogie Passion. One kind of worked and one didn't. But they made sense. Like, it made sense. Okay, you know what? A guy, Basham was a guy they knew. Early pick, let's take a chance on him. Very minimal draft capital. Okay, didn't work out. He was not a very good player. But I get it. It made sense. So when you're talking about, can you build your team? And I asked him this the other day. Do you feel confident building your team around a quarterback with this injury history? That's the thing to me. Forget Daniel Jones as a quarterback. We could sit here and argue all day what you think about Daniel Jones as a quarterback. They already said they think they can win games and win with Daniel Jones because they paid him to some degree. Yeah, it's a little late. It's not top, top of the market, but that shows you. They believed in Daniel Jones, the quarterback. But now the concern to me has to be, well, my lights just flickered. You know, it's storming here right now. Pay, yeah, um, I was going to say, you pay your electric bill? Yeah. <laughs> I can hear it raining. I don't know about you guys. Mm-hmm. You're at. Yep. No, no. But, I'm, uh, I'm in a hotel in Virginia. It's pouring here. Uh, the concern to me is injury. He has two neck injuries and is coming off a torn ACL. Do you want to build your team around a quarterback with that injury history right now? Who, no. who isn't even – who isn't Patrick Mahomes, right? We, that, like, yeah. He's not that level. So I and do he's one hit away from – one hit away from not being able to play. Yeah, so I do think that he's he realizes that it would benefit him and the organization if he's putting his career on the line to, you know, if they if there's a quarterback they really like or they can that where they pick or they can move up and get. I do think that they would strike and do it. And at the same time, with all this stuff going on, it looks really bad when you fire two, maybe three coordinators. Not fired because you know, one fired, one's going to leave on his own volition eventually. And the other one, who knows if he ends up staying. But when that happens, the spotlight becomes very bright on Joe Shane and Brian, particularly Brian Dable, right? If your whole staff leaves and they, a lot of it was a reflection on his relationships with those guys, uh, then what's a way to buy extra time? Draft a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because look, remember yeah. last time John, John Marrow was like, we screwed Daniel Jones up 10 times over by, you know, coordinator after coordinator, new coach co- coordinator. And then what? You're going to draft a quarterback and then overhaul after one year and give him a new coordinator in year two? Mm-hmm. A yep. new coach, basically. Reboot. Brian yep. Dable's going to run the offense this year. Uh, if he's going down, he's going to go down running his offense. Well, Jordan, let me ask, was he running it in that last game? Because that offense, we were just talking about this earlier, that totally offense like what we plan. wanted this whole year versus what it was. A lot, lot of exciting play calling, uh, a lot of shots taken, uh, less bland crap, if you will. I, I mean, what you know, what were your, what your thoughts there? Not, even, no, the, not think, even in the same game plan. It was this uh, – Kafka was still calling the plays. Uh, Dable has been heavily involved now for like eight, six or eight games. It just so happens that that Eagles defense was just in bad shape. I mean, did you see how open those guys were in, in the, the beginning of the game? Open. I mean, like college style open. You just don't get those kind of that kind of open in the NFL. Yeah. But that Eagles defense right now is in really dire, dire straits, which is why they're kind of playing this game with Wink Martindale, I think, because it's pretty well known that Philadelphia is going to be looking for a defensive coordinator pretty soon, right? And the thing with Wink is his family lives in – his house is in Sarasota. But his his family, I believe his grandkids, are in uh, the Baltimore area still. You okay. Know? But that was one of the benefits of being here in New York is he was still fairly close to his family. You know, Philadelphia is even closer to Baltimore. 
Right. It would make a lot of sense mm-hmm. for him. Yeah, wait. Timeout. Defensive coordinator in Philadelphia is who? Patricia, right? Patricia, yeah. So is he getting the – I mean, he's only been there for two games, three games, two or three games. They, they put him in charge. And with the way yeah. it looks right now, you think they're really going to roll that back? No. No. <laughs> it's hard It's hard to imagine, unless they go on some magical run and improve, that they're going to be like, you know what? This is the answer now. <laughs> yeah. I just thought, you know, he really didn't, he doesn't have much track record there that it's kind of hard to make an impression in, in, in two games. It's also kind of hard to roll it back considering if they're just as bad as they were against the Giants. Yep. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And then, in, you know, you, you were talking about potentially, move, you know, drafting a quarterback. You're going to need some capital, right? Because or you do you think they get a quarterback in the second round? There's a lot of talk about that. Like, you know, we're talking about J.J. McCarthy or Penix. Like, you, I like Penix, but you can't draft a guy with just as much injuries as Daniel Jones. Now they got two injury-prone QBs. So, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, you were, you're in the building all the time. What's their style? Are they more have the balls to get, you know, to move up and, and get the guy they want at one or two? Or are they more likely to, to be the mad scientist and wait to the – end of the first, early second. Well, when they were in Buffalo, they moved up twice to get to number seven for Josh Allen. So I don't think they would be shy about moving up. He's been pretty aggressive, Joe St. Shane, since he took over. So I think he would be great. And also, by the way, not second round. The move, if you're going to draft a guy in that range, is to move into the back end of the first round. They have two second round picks. So move into the back end of the first round, and then you get the 50-year option later on, which for the quarterback is very valuable. The delay is another year before you really have to pay that quarterback, which is hence Lamar Jackson. And remember, they strung Lamar Jackson along. That's why he was eventually like, hey, I need to get paid already. So, yeah, in my opinion, if if they think of getting a quarterback in that range, and I don't think Penix will be there, by the way, that late. Uh, Bo Nix, maybe. JJ even with all those, Even with all those injuries, you think Penix will go early? Somebody will. Yeah, no. I know. Somebody will take him in the middle of the first round, in my opinion. Jordan, we were joking right. about this. I feel like at the combine, I mean, like that, you know, people aren't, aren't going to ask him to throw a ball. They're just going to be like, go to the medical tent. We got to do some you know, battery <laughs> tests. Yeah, I mean, every guy does it. That's the that's the most important thing about the combine, to be honest with you, for teams mm-hmm. sure. is the medical part of it. And yeah, uh, somebody will just fall in love with that arm, and you know, uh, the, the championship game will definitely hurt him a little bit, though. For sure. Yeah, it hurt me. It's like, okay, we saw it happen when he was under pressure all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was throwing the ball over the place a little bit. Yeah, he did not have a good game, but he, he's had plenty of good games. But He did. He, he was great this year, but I agree. The injury history, if he didn't have the injury history, he'd be, go, he'd be like going to the top five. Yeah, he used to be mobile. When he was at Indiana, he used to scramble, I mean, as good as the rest. Yeah. It, was, it was incredible. So that's not part of his game anymore. He knows it's no, not smart. Yeah. He, can't, not he can't do that. I give him credit though. He stood up there on the podium and took 100% blame, you know, for the game. I, I thought it was a, a good move from a young kid. Oh, he helped himself a ton in the, the, the this season. I mean, obviously. So I do. I think he'll be a first round pick. So I'm gonna take a shot on him, even with that injury history. I do. All right. That's why I said. That's why I said back half half of the first round would be to me like McCarthy and Knicks from talking to people. Okay. And I'm not, I don't. I just don't see it with JJ McCarthy. I know some people like him, but I just, I don't see it. My my thing with McCarthy is that he's he's twenty seven in one. 
the 27 and one, like he's got, he's a top three winning percent all time in college football. So at least at a minimum, he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. That's not what I'm looking for with a first round franchise quarterback. Well, again, he can be Tom Brady, not, not make a lot of mistakes. Well, again, he could be turned out to be Tom Brady or he could be Brian Greasy, right? Nobody's going to know. Absolutely. That's why some people like him. I'm just saying I don't, I just don't see star there. That's just that's just me. Let's talk about the last la- before we let you go. Let's talk about the only star the Giants do have is uh, from uh, Saquon Barkley. He got tagged this year. Uh, I think Chris said what was the tag? Chris thirteen five. I th- I thought it was thirteen five second year tag. Jordan, no, is that right? 12 one. Oh, 12 one going into this year. Okay, okay. even even better. <laughs> So yeah. it was it was 10, 10 to last year, 120% of okay. that is 12 1. Okay, not bad. It only counts of uh the bogus incentives don't count. That's I think what you where you got where I got to okay. right before you came on. I played the clip from SNY, it was painful. Um, but I, I, I played it and he basically said, you know, hey, you know, I'm kind of numb to it right now. Uh, you know, I know the dates, I know the drill, you know. They so had that on camera. You want to watch it? No, no. I, I asked him right about now. it. I thought the cameras had left when I asked him that question. No, I'm I don't think it. it's you though, because I can. I know your voice. I don't think it's you. You want me to play it? I'll play it. That numb part is on camera. All right, hang on. If you have it, I'd love pull it up. I'm gonna pull it up for you because you're you're good enough to hang out with us. I'm gonna put it on camera for you. Ready? Yeah. Body feels well. Uh, came out healthy. Also had an injury early in the year with the ankle, um, but that held up pretty well for me. Um, actually held up a lot better than past ankle injuries I've had throughout the year. Um, and you know, nice restart. You got to go back to drawing boards, and take a little rest, let your body recharge, and uh, get back to you know the work that you got put into. We would have a, another successful season. Uh, I, I feel like just just we've we've talked about it before. Um, they know how to reach out to me. They know how to get in contact with me. They know my represent. Like they know all that. So. If it's if it's the conversation need to be had, it's not hard hard to do. Saquon, are your eyes a lot more wide open this time around than it was last year at this time? Uh, yeah, I think I, I want to say it's wide open. I kind of, if you can tell, I'm kind of numb to it now. Like I did it, um, I did the whole process last year. Uh, I know the dates. I know I know all, I know everything. Um, but it's like not can do about it. It's really like truly out of my control. Uh, there you so go. It was about the contract process, not the franchise tag specifically. When, it, yeah. when the cameras left, I asked him about the franchise tag. And he basically said, you know, I'm numb to it. Let's get it over with. But then basically let me know. Don't like drag this along. Let's get it done or we can move on. So what do you think happens? What do you want to happen? I mean, I don't know if you actually put your personal spin on it, but like what, what what's your thought? My thought is the Giants acted during this season as if they really wanted to keep him, right? You're talking about they didn't even contemplate trading him, right? Yeah. So to me, that's like if you're not going to contemplate trading him, you probably want to keep him. Right? You know that he's your best weapon, your best offensive weapon still, and you didn't want to get rid of him during the season. So unless you have a plan to just load up on weapons all over the place, it's hard to see me see them – getting rid of another weapon. Like, they already have a hole at QB, right? We we think they kind of need to 
do something at quarterback. They at least need to add a quarterback in some shape or form. They need a wide receiver one. They need at least two starting offensive linemen. I, you can't go into the season with Evan Neal as your starting right tackle. Just can't. Yep. Not, I just don't see how you could do that. With all those holes, do you really want to make running back a hole now too? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, well, I know it's a process and you can't fill everything in one offseason, but I don't know. They have the tag if they need to. They can absorb that number. And if they, look, two years, $24, 25000000 million, you can make a three-year deal and make that third year, whatever you want. If you could get it $24, 25000000 million, if that offer's on the table, I think it's a deal that'll, that'll be able to get done. Yeah, I can see that. We were just saying before you jumped on was, you know, you're at 3.9 yards per carry behind the 32nd ranked offensive line. Of course, of course he's got a 3.9 yards per carry. He's literally running behind, you know, Tulsa, you know, or, or, or Coastal Carolina's front line. I mean, like, <laughs> come on now. So if he actually, if you think about it, if he just actually had an, a, the 15th, the 18th ranked offensive line, he'd probably have 4.5 yards to carry. I mean, yeah. it doesn't look like he has slowed down. I mean, the burst may not be there, but if there's a crack, he's through it and he plays hard. A lot of intangibles. I don't know. To your point, too, like, why do you want to create another hole? Mm-hmm. Right. No, I agree for sure. Uh, but it's – I don't know. I go back and forth on it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like sold one way or the other heavily, to be honest with you. My gut says they probably want to keep him, and there's a middle ground that they could come up to or that that franchise tag is always dangling up there. So it's a tool that they could use as Joe Shane said. So just feel like at some point it is. Yeah. And Jordan, they can come back with a one year deal with incentives, right? Like they did last year. Yeah. Tag them and then do a one year. Yeah. But that was such a phony deal. I mean, he had he had to go have like the best year of his career by like a mile to collect mm-hmm. any of that, and they had to make the playoffs. Like that wasn't even a real deal. Yeah, did he, was was it a million over the tag? Is that what he got paid? Was it a million over the tag with the one year? He got, he with got the zero actual contract. He ultimately got zero over the tag. It was the he same. Got, he got he, he got a bunch right? of incentives that were like ninety nine percent. He wasn't going to hit. I hope they don't drag it out. That's all I was hoping. They don't drag right, it out. All right, last one. Line coach, since everybody hated on Bobby Johnson so much, and now he's gone. Uh, Spartan, you had a couple line coaches that you liked, right? Well, we've mentioned him earlier. I mean, the one that I liked, I actually thought his name was pronounced Brickalow out in uh, Las Vegas. The thing that I liked about him was, you know, I mean, I, and, and I had to do oh, a little Priscilla, Priscilla. Priscilla, yes, thank yep. you. The, the thing I liked about him was, I mean, I looked at a list of, you know, staffs that were likely going to be turned over at the end of the year. And right when the uh, uh, when McDaniels got fired, you know, I, there, there was one that was, you know, a, a team that is not doing well, but their offensive line is still ranking pretty well. Uh, and there were articles written about him at the time as to how he was elevating the offensive line. There were a couple injuries. The backups went in. We're still succeeding. So he was an attractive option for me. I just didn't know if he was available at the time. And if they don't go with somebody who's getting, you know, part of the carousel, they got to go with somebody like who's at the Eagles right now, who's assistant, who hopefully learned. Uh, and then other than that, I mean, I, I, I don't know if there's any college guys that interest you at all. And then the other one is uh, Munchak. Could he? Would, would Mike Munchak want to possibly come out of retirement for a year or two? Don't know the answer to that. It's hard for me to believe that he probably would at this point. Right. He's had opportun- opportunities, I'm sure, before. 
Dwayne Ledford is a guy that I've heard a lot of good things about. He's from the Falcons. Came from oh, it would OC at Louisville, I believe. Before that, yeah. Look, Brad just literally put that up there as soon as oh, you, yeah. right before you said that. So he's a, he's a guy that I've actually people that I trust on offensive line raved about him, hmm. and really had good things to say about him. So I don't know if they're interested in him. I haven't heard that yet, but he would be a guy that I would probably look into. Mm-hmm. Man, because that's that's someone that can actually coach some of these guys up. Right. Yeah. Teach. Again, teach. It's, again, it's hard. It's a hard position to go get a guy who's not really proven, like you said, college or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like the Giants are in a position where they kind of need somebody that you know is like legit. Yeah. 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 Well, especially what you have Evan Neal, and you're like, okay, is Evan Neal just bad? Did 32 teams, you know, miss on this guy? Because everybody <laughs> had him as a top five pick. How do 32 teams? miss on this guy or did we just not have a guy that can actually you know coach him up and 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 mold him into a good player that's what it feels like right now yeah i mean all right so the, the bloodletting is happening we're in a tough spot there like they 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 need to i don't know if we got anyone's gonna really come in here and all of a sudden make evan neal and josh azudu and Marcus McKeith and magically good. Like, let's be fair. No, I for mean, sure. I, I guess I, we yeah. just hope that there would be some some development because I mean JMS and with Evan Neal, it's like you know I look, it's like they're from what I heard, they were high on other people's draft boards too. So for two linemen that are highly touted to come to the Giants and crap out, like at some point I'm like, all right, maybe maybe this significantly does lie on the coaching uh, and not the scouting, and so that's why we're hopeful that the coach will at least make those two something. Yeah, McKeith in mind. I mean, you know, what can we really expect out of those guys? All right. Well, listen. Let's let him, let's let my man go. He doesn't want to hang out with yeah. us all night. I know we're entertaining. I'm at I'm at three percent on my computer here, so I was about to die. I, <laughs> I sent you a message. You gave us saying uh, I had so to go because saying I had to go because I didn't know if my computer was going to make it this far. Like all of a sudden, no, no. Listen, um, you're you're, like, uh, you're power. No, no, my computer's dying. <laughs> No, it's all good, man. Look, you're always really good to be appreciated. It's always a pleasure to work with you. Um, I'm sure I'll, I'll ping you later in the summertime to, to bring you back and give us some more insight. But again, you know, always appreciate the honesty and the insight. And, uh, you know, Happy New Year. And, uh, you know, appreciate you hanging out with us. You yeah. too, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Jordan. Thanks, Jordan. Thank right. you. Right, take care, guys. You got it, my friend. Talk to you guys soon. All right, gentlemen, we're wrapping this thing up. This is another episode of Giants Rush, 52 weeks a year. However, there's a rumor we might take off next week. There's a rumor. I haven't really quite decided yet. I was going to take a week off to, to let just let all the blood dry, right? <laughs> Since there's been, you know, so there's a rumor we may take next week off. I'm not 100% sure. Um, the Rush Hour preview show will become a draft show for all you new, new folks out there. We have a Wednesday preview show called Rush Hour with Spartan and Chris. And, of course, the truth, that will turn into a draft show. So if you have anything you want to talk about, players, hit up Spartan, hit up Chris. Definitely hit up Truth um, on, you know, certain positions you want to know about our players. They're going to get all into that. Um, Hang on. Brad Brad is giving me some advice here. If both Eagles and Cowboys lose, you got to do <laughs> All right, fine. If the Eagles and the Cowboys lose, we'll do a show. How about that? Could be a celebratory show. Could be a celebration. 
Spartan, is that fair? I'll be back, baby. Probably not as much alcohol as I had last night, but. <laughs> I know, Spartan, you look a little hungover. Um, so, look, um, okay, so you got it. The, the, the preview show, I mean, there will be no preview show this week. Uh, so, um, Spartan, are you and Truth talked about a show tomorrow night or no? No, we're not doing a show tomorrow night. No off. show tomorrow. Rush hour. We'll return the week after. I think you're gonna. Truth's gonna start talking about you know the backup safety for Toledo and probably like the third string center for for Mama. Central Arizona because Truth knows <laughs> yes. all about the draft. Um, NYGiantsRush.com, the YouTube channel, of course, Giants Rush, Instagram. Um, if, if you want a prize pack, they're all being sent out right now. Um, so Instagram is uh, NYGiants underscore Rush, and lastly. We want to congratulate Joe for going to the championship game and competing against Spartan Mike. But then Spartan Mike did not tank because there's who's no tanking in football. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, my bad, my bad. Yeah, so there's no tanking in football. So Spartan Mike beat Joe, but I am I have mailed out Joe's grand prize. I did not give the grand hey, prize. So Joe, Spartan we never Mike. actually considered whether or not I would actually, like, if what happens if I win the league. Because it was for the fans. A fan wins something. And then I just happened to kick everybody's ass. So I do apologize. For that. <laughs> so thank you very much for everybody for playing the Ballers League, the first annual, you know, Rush uh, Fantasy Football. We'll bring it back next year. Um, in case anybody's thinking, yes, we have all you crazy nut jobs on for the draft show. We do three days live. We bring on 40 to 60 of you guys. I hope tonight. Quick, quick. Are, we, are we going live or are we going in person, though? Ooh. There has been some rumors that we might go to Detroit for the draft. That is still in the works. Um, I'm going to have to do – oh, next week when we're off, we'll have a team meeting. We may go out to Detroit and have – we'll do live from, from Detroit oh, yeah. for the draft. If, oh, yeah. If that doesn't happen, we're still going to have all you folks on. Maybe we do both. We'll figure that out. And I'll be, I'll be at the draft no matter what. I'm going to be there, guys, so – Martin's going to be there on site, so we'll hit. We'll, we'll hook him up with some interviews. Um, Spartan is the champ. Yeah, I know Spartan. Oh, wait, here's Joe. Look, Joe's here. Look, Spartan is the champ. Well, listen, Joe. Just so you know, um, your package um, will be going out tomorrow. Please let me know if you like it because I told Chris what it was, and he was like, "Holy cow, you got to be kidding me." <laughs> Nice. So uh, you will definitely like what is coming in the mail. If you were an Instagram listener, there are packages coming out for you guys. Um, the rest of you guys, thank you. I'll give a shout out to to Neil and Brad and Joe and Mark and uh, Chronicles, G-Man, Shawnee B's in the house, um, who's going to be popping in with us, you know, after our little break. Who else is in here? There's a ton of you guys in here. There's, there's Kurt. There's Roger. Uh, uh, Tuto is in the house as always. He's an OG. And then there's just tons of you guys in here. Oh, um, Miz is in here. Cole's in here. So thank you guys for all tuning in. I hope, you know, um, Muhammad was in here. Uh, a lot of you guys asking a lot of questions. So I hope, you know, you enjoyed Jordan. Um, whether you like him or not, hate him or not, whatever it is, he's always, you know, entertaining. So, um, you know, and 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 Mark Stewart, by the way, says salute the king, which is the best comment of them all. We're going to put that right up on here before we end the show. Salute go, the king. There you go, Mark Stewart. Thank you very much. Um, we will see you guys in two weeks, or I'll let you know, Instagram or Twitter, pound. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. We'll see you guys soon.